White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow, Carlton Prince has put the White Sox ahead. Locked on socks, socks. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Socks podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Socks. Thank you, Jim Toby. This is episode number 34 with Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. We appreciate you joining us. And of course, if it's Monday, it is Mailbag Monday. And boy, oh boy, do we have a bunch of Mailbag Monday emails from you, the listener out there in Locked on Socks. And we really appreciate it. If you want to participate in a future episode of Locked on Socks Mailbag Monday, it is LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. That is where you send the questions or comments to. Hello, Chris Tannehill. Oh, How are you doing? Herb. I thought you were never going to bring me in. I was here ushering out Jim Tomey here, making sure he washes his hands before he comes back in here. But Did, did uh, he just like do something <laughs> like in the interim while we were talking to Chris? <laughs> Jim Tomey? No, he's, he's stood right here okay. watching us pleasingly. You know, He was evaluating our, our strokes <laughs> as he's one to do as a member of the scouting uh, element of the franchise. Now he was evaluating our technique. So. He's like Michael McDonald <laughs> in the uh, SCTV uh, version of uh, that uh, ride like the wind. I don't know if you ever seen that, <laughs> where he just comes in and sings the "Such a long way to go," Whoa. and then he leaves. Michael McDonald's here, everyone. Jeez, and he leaves really the good. studio, and he's like talking to the engineer. He's like, "I oh, know you got to go back in there." He's like, "Such a long way to go." <laughs> if you haven't seen the SCTV, it's a long time ago version of uh, "Ride Like the Wind." Oh man, so beautiful, so beautiful. You didn't come here for that. No, you came here it's for episode thirty-four. Stuff. It's mailbag, and it's episode thirty-four. Thirty-four. We, we just did number thirty-five with the our guy from Locked On Tigers. Number thirty-five, Frank. Thomas. So that's what that is when you hear that. I just wanted to play that again because how many more times are we going to get to episode 35? And I, I actually, I ran it to, uh, to Gene Honda over the weekend and he recorded uh, uh, numbers for every single player in Sox history. So yeah. we, have, we have options here. So. Yeah, if you're one of we, this, that air episode is going to air after this one. So that's why we did 35 before we did 34. Yeah. But hey, there's so, some. Number 34. There's some people out there that are. Uh, battling for this number episode to be named after them i'm gonna throw out a name initially and see if it sticks mr gavin floyd or as i called him glavin floyd yes why do you call him glavin floyd so not everyone knows well he used to dominate versus that's well in particular versus the the tigers every time and of course tom glavin uh every time he would pitch versus the tigers that man used to go off I think the Royals gave him the most trouble. So he would like the game we went to. The White Sox were struggling. Right, I yep. think it was 2011, 2012. 11, yep. We went up to Detroit right after the All Star break. And I was like, watch Glavin Floyd dominate these people. 
and he did. It was they he matched Justin Verlander and beat him, and the White Sox won that game at Detroit. He raised his level when he saw the the uh, old English D. So to speak. Um, hello, this is the old English D. Ready to get all up in ya. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I really hate doing, you know, but when you, I hate doing this for every guy that there's a number four, but a guy that was on the 05 team. Uh, but when you, when you have someone as legendary as, as Freddie Garcia, Sweaty Freddie, how do you not have an honorable mention? I could throw out a, a Richard Dotson to you, who is uh, one of the, 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 the anchors of that 83 uh, win and ugly team. We just talked about Lamar Hoyt a couple episodes ago, but Oh, man, I, I never saw the man pitch, so I'm going to have to go with Sweaty Freddy because I remember the day he was he was uh, his first start. Uh, you know, that was appointment television against the Minnesota Twins uh, at a great outing that night. And that's a guy that forever changed the course of White Sox history with that trade in, in, in mid-2004. Of course, he, you know, you pitched the, the World Series clinching game four in Houston for the White Sox. So, I mean, Sweaty every, Freddy. every clinching game besides the L.A. Uh, Angels game. Correct. Because like that was Contreras, yeah. Didn't he pitch, did he pitch the Detroit game? Uh, yeah, I feel like he did. Yeah, so I would say Freddy Garcia. Does he ever wear anything other than the black jersey? Like, he might have wore the white jersey like one time. I wish there was... Uh, stats on this because every time I would see him, he was like white jerseys. Come on, man. Yeah, uh, Freddie Garcia pitched in like some of the biggest games in Sox history, not only for the White Sox in that that World Series run, <laughs> but Game One Sixty Two Two Thousand Eight. We're talking about the Tigers. Freddie Garcia is pitching against the White Sox for dealing. the Tigers. He and he's dealing. This is vintage Freddie. He's he's not quite washed up just yet, you know. Although he was starting to lose it, you know, but he's still. Could still get people out at the big league level, right? So Freddie's pitching for the Tigers in 2008. I think it's the sixth inning or so. He's dealing, and all of a sudden he comes out of the game with a mysterious injury. And I remember, you know, me and my dad were at the game, and we were just like, "Why is Freddie leaving the game? He's dealing. The Tigers are going to win. They're going to eliminate the White Sox from postseason contention." Freddie Garcia comes out of the game, and so Freddie and Ozzy, there, there, there's a relation there, like, you know, like not relation, like blood relation, but like he's in the, the married Gian, to like a cousin. Yeah, yeah, they're family basically. So we're convinced that Freddie did Ozzy a solid that day, and just said, you know what, I'm going to come out of this ball game. And of course, the rest is history. Alexei comes in and hits that great grand slam uh, later on that inning, and you know, kind of changes the. The, the the momentum of that game and it, that was really one of the defining moments of that 2008 AL Central crown was Alexei hitting the slam when in his rookie year and you know that was one of my favorite White Sox single moments it was just Alexei that image in my mind of Alexei hitting the home run knowing he got it and then having the arms you know flailing wide like oh my god I did it like that was one of my favorite I got that they got a bob bobblehead of that I got it down here in the basement of, of that moment so yeah thank you Freddie Garcia I mean <laughs> we're talking about this number 34 I know the episode is going to be Freddie Garcia but you know who won that game for the Sox that day? Yes. Was, was it Gavin Floyd? Damn right Gavin it was Gavin Floyd. Floyd. <laughs> so there we go. Always battling versus Detroit. Saw that uniform is like, let's play. Yeah. So, yes, it is the mailbag Monday version of Locked on Sox. So let's get to your mailbag uh, questions and my comments. Bag. I got the bag. So who do we have first? Chris Tannehill. We've got Tom from Glen Ellen who checks yes. in with this. Hey, Chris and Herb, I just moved back to the area after spending 10 years in Seattle. Great stadium, 
terrible baseball. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of the stadium, but I, I adore the city. It's one. It's probably my favorite American city. Uh, if I if I could move to anywhere in the country, if I could just pack up my shiznit and go, I would go to Seattle. I think. Uh, so I haven't been to a game at the G rate in almost a decade. Do either of you have any must dos or sees at my first few games this year that are new additions that I may have missed? Signed, Tom from Glen Ellen. Thank you, Tom. Herb, what do you recommend Tom does when he's at the G-Rate this year? Yeah, and he's a good guy. He's a Wheat North Falcon, too. Oh! There's nothing better than a Wheat North Falcon. Yes. <laughs> we love him. Uh, we love him, folks, don't we? Oh, I did not. Okay, I, I just saw that. I thought that was one of those. He has P.S. Wheat North Class of 97. Fly, Falcons, fly. Yes. I, I did not. I just I legitimately didn't see it, so sorry about that. Yes, um... <laughs> Wheaton North, class 97, class 96 here, uh, Herb Lawrence here. Uh, so he said 10 years he hasn't been to the G, right? Yes. So uh, Rev Tap Room upstairs? Yeah, the Rev Tap Room is good if it's bad weather and you just want to you know, get, get some shelter and have some great food and drink because they do have great, like the Revolution, um, you know, beer pub, like their food and their their chef is there, at least their chef-inspired menu is there. You can get some some really good food that you can't get anywhere else in the in the ballpark is up there. Um, the Goose, Goose Island, Island yeah. is out there. It's a pretty cool setup. It's a, a nice spot to get a beer. You know, they got the they got the goose out there. I see they omitted it from MLB the show this year though. I saw that the, the from the 108 guys had that today. It's just right there. I mean, how can you <laughs> omit a big ass goose head yeah plus they have like the replica uh red line train there it's a pretty cool setup um the but, cave craft cave yeah, craft cave's which, new which is the past right, 10 years yeah. right, right below the goose island place so you gotta go beneath the stadium to get there we had a enjoyable time where we we're uh watching a game with our new york yankees friends so i don't really think we watched the game necessarily like actually no. watching with our eyes we were watching on the screen yeah it was such a good uh, enjoyable time there and uh the beers as we spoke about in a couple episodes before with you know saris's list are undefeated as far as anywhere in this near vicinity better than wrigley better than miller better than the, any of those central ballparks so there's nothing better than food and drink at U.S. Cellular Field or guaranteed. Yeah, rate. I mean, elotes were definitely a thing 10 years ago. So, of course, get yourself reacclimated with elotes. Do you like elotes? Oh, that's my middle name. So definitely get yourself some of those. But as far as new food options, I'm trying to remember what's new. Uh, it seems like it changes every year uh, of the food options you can get. I, I love the uh, the the Merck's the Merck's cheddar burger with the pico de gallo on it. Like I think that's a new thing from the past ten years. That's that's down there in the lower bowl. I know the pretzel. Oh, with the, got the pretzel bun on pretzel there too. Pretzel bun yeah. dog uh, with a little uh, spice on it. It's delicious. Uh, pre- uh, it was a bacon on a stick. I think is new. Yeah, bacon on a stick is new in the last ten years. So. Definitely get that if they're going to bring that back to guaranteed rate field. I don't know what else is uh, new. I know that I didn't know about root beer floats until like two, three years ago, and I'm a child, so I yeah. get one. Well, we all fifty, delicious. Yeah, we're all children basically. When you get back to the ballpark, like you know, it's the only place you could see a grown man like myself, uh, almost in his forties, eating an ice cream cone happily uh, with with the with the chocolate ice cream dripping down his his arm and wrist, yeah. <laughs> like holding it out, like you know, as, as to not drip on the fresh throwback jersey. I look like my my own child there at the games. You, God forbid, I, I they ever catch 
catch me on camera at one of these games or things that I'm eating, like George Costanza, you know, watching Wimbledon. But yeah, Tom, uh, there's a lot of great things that's changing every year. I think if you go up to that club level too, that menu changes every year. I know they had the uh, what was it, the Chicago Horseshoe, where it was like Italian beef. Or no, uh, it was Italian sausage and beef with jardinera on top of like Texas toast garlic bread. Oh man, that was one of my favorite things. And I know one thing that did change, and t- Chris Tannehill has introduced <laughs> me to it around the ballpark, a place called Kimsky. Ah yes, Kimsky. That's a great call. They're just they just opened up, or they're about to open up, like a a, a fried chicken and pizza spot not too far from where Kimsky is. Kimsky is on 30, 31st Street at west of the ballpark. Um, I remember the cross street that it's on while I while I looked that up, but it's 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 Polish and Korean fusion. Uh, it's run by my guy Juan Kim, and that is one of those things. It's one of my favorite things to do before or after a Sox game is head over to Kimski because they have Polish sausage with with kimchi on it, and you might everyone who I always tell about Kimski and, and the idea of Polish and Korean fusion. They're always like, what? That doesn't make any sense, but it actually makes perfect sense. They have uh, poutine fries uh, with a little kimchi on there, mm-hmm. and it's basically what it is that all you old-school Southsiders know. It's it's connected to uh, Maria's Standard, right? The, the, or the Maria, packaged goods. Maria's Packaged Goods. Maria's Standard is the name of the – I can't stop thinking of the Polish sausage. That's what, <laughs> that's what the name is on the menu, Maria's Standard, but it's attached to Maria's Packaged Goods where you can get some of the best craft beer on the South Side. But I highly recommend checking out uh, independent business like that, especially – with what's going on lately in the news and you know you, you, they're shutting down restaurants but if you're in the neighborhood do a quick pickup call and, and and call ahead and get yourself a to-go order at Kimski it's one of my favorite spots on the south side no doubt about it especially they get on Sundays I think they get that pig roast going mm-hmm. that man I can't wait till we get back to normal times and, and getting back to roasting a big pig and <laughs> behind a <laughs> behind a restaurant so shout out to Juan Kim and all the great people at Kimski over there on 31st street man my guy Jamie works over there too uh, Jamie ah, yeah, Johnson, yeah. good guy too so yeah our next question on the mailbag is Roger from Charlotte North Carolina Fellow ginger ale drinker here. <laughs> I love this. It's going to become a thing. What, what, what does that say about us as a podcast where it's like we're all proudly rep- waving our ginger ale <laughs> drinking flags? Hey, people say in these times, ginger ale, you'll be good for three to four years after you drink a full two liter. <laughs> My question is, with the excitement building for the season, if the Sox get off to a slow start, say three and seven or so, mm. how soon before Renneria is on the hot seat? I can tell you that three and seven is much too early. I, you know, I what I love and what I hate about what's going to become of this this coming baseball year. You want to talk about variance rearing its head? Like you're going to have less of a sample size if they're now. Scott Ryford said the other day on the conference call that their plan is to play all 162, but things have changed dramatically in the world and what the CDC is saying. So I think you're going to see a significantly reduced season. It's probably going to be one of the best seasons, I think, once everything gets settled and things are back to normal and teams are ready to go. These guys, they're, they're going to be raring to go, and they're, they're going to be just at a fever pitch to get ready to get back on a baseball field because just sitting around. These are professionals. They want to go out there and they want to perform. Once everything is good, I think this could be one of like the most exciting seasons that we've had in our lifetime because of the short, truncated nature. Now, that's if they do it that way. If they do like let's say a hundred game schedule, you know that's that's yeah. going to be that's going to be more uh, of a sprint. And but so that could factor into managers getting being on the hot seat. But I, I just don't see it happening here with Ricky. I, I think 
He's he's built up too much uh, equity with the team, you know, leading them through rebuild years and 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 trying to instill a culture. And it seems like the players love him. My whole thing with managers, I think you feel the same way. Is like, well, tell me who you're going to replace them with. Like, if you're going to fire somebody, so I don't think it's going to happen. And you know, I don't. I'll, I'll only say it, it. It could happen as if they totally underwhelm this year and don't meet any of their realistic goals for 2020. Yeah, I don't think no matter what, Ricky will not be fired in season. If he's fired, it'll be off season, and they'll get somebody else that is. Friends with Jerry Reinsdorf or has uh, built up a rapport with Kenny or Rick. Um, looking at you as again. Um, so that type of guy they'll replace him with. But in season, nah, they're going to keep him going on, especially three and seven. And I know Tanny was just talking about the truncated season. If it's, you know, 100 games, three and seven, you're pretty much against it right there. So they're going to keep him and let him fail or succeed this season and then go on from there. So our next question in the mailbag would be from Matthew Hoyt. Big fan of the show. Completely agree about that jersey from last Monday uh, regarding having a jersey of a player younger than you. Exception being when a player has the same last name as you. While I am younger, of course, I have a Hoyt 31 jersey. Thank you, Matthew Hoyt. Uh, that's pretty cool. I, I'll know for sure if I see someone rocking the 31 Hoyt, I'll know for sure it's you. I don't think I've ever seen anyone wearing that at the ballpark. So I'll definitely have to stop and say hello. My question for you is what is your ideal pregame tradition is it shy socks tailgating or one of the neighborhood bars herbie i'll let you take this one we just got done talking about kimski which is pre or post game so what's your favorite pregame ritual around the ballpark well i've never been a big time tailgater you know myself i don't have a truck and or enough cooler uh, space to have a bunch of beers and such or people who want to do it with me anyway so i usually get to the game and just go to the game so maybe an hour before a game starts i'll go there and just get what i want to eat so it's usually a hot dog and some fries and uh either the uh, adult beverage so maybe a beer modelo by the way uh, earlier question modelo is now the official drink of the white Sox instead of miller light so that's changed in the last 10 years i would just go and get one of those three items sit down at my seat or somebody else's seat if they haven't uh, taken it yet max that real quick before the game starts and more people get there because i'm a big guy i need some some elbow room to max some (laughs) food real quick and then just you know soak in the atmosphere because you know that there's going to be days like this where there's no baseball and there'll be no baseball anyways if there wasn't this whole coronavirus thing going on but when you get to the ballpark that i like to do it's just like i'm at the ballpark it's a beautiful day this is not often that we get to do this it's a blessing that my team i love and root for is about to play a game right here and I'm about to join myself for three to four hours of this so I like to soak that in and remember like oh man baseball's great yeah I mean with me it kind of varies on what type of experience I'm I'm looking to have that day or night most of the time I'm out there with my family because like that's what we do as a family my daughter loves going to baseball games. I don't know if she loves baseball, but she loves everything that comes with it. You know, the the popcorn, you know, having pizza and, of course, the ice cream. It's it's become a real family thing, so a lot of variables going on here. So usually I like to load up like you do, load up early uh, on my favorite snacks and beverage. Usually my go-to for every game I go to is get some low taste, like I just mentioned, then sausage and peppers, and I usually like to wash it down with uh, – 
with uh, craft beer or whatever I'm feeling that night. Usually that, that revolution is right there fresh on tap for you in the lower bowl. You can get some there. And then, I, you know, I just I fuel up because my favorite thing to do during a game and before a game is I like to just walk around. Like I like to just check out batting practice or just kind of watch everyone watch the guys you know working out before <laughs> the game and just kind of just take in the, the vibe and I, so i'm always walking around the concourse like it's hard for me to sit there because i feel like i'm always going up getting a beer for my wife getting some ice cream for my kid i feel like i have the game half the season i spent standing in line waiting <laughs> for food and drink for my family which i have no problem doing but that's one of my favorite things to walk around the concourse and say what up to people you know occasionally someone will stop me and recognize me if like got the Uribe jersey on that day or you know whatever <laughs> or they'll ask Herb to sign a baseball which did happen one time but yeah usually I just like I don't really go to anything pre-game like if the if I know someone that's doing a tailgate or if, if Herb and I and a couple of buddies are going to a game we'll we'll pack a small cooler you know maybe toss some spotted cow or some three floyds in there and we'll we'll have a few before we go in because it's just cheaper that way because let's be real like none of us are rich so we like to have a couple before we go in now all all those are off limits if it's a bobblehead game okay and that's the first thing i thought of with all this stuff going on truncated schedule but what about all those bobbleheads they were going to do early in the year so a lot of things change but i'm not a big even though shy socks bar and grill is really nice uh, and I definitely recommend going there, but me personally, I usually show up, you know, with a family, like you know, minutes before first pitch usually. So, but po- post game usually is my vibe. That's that's when you'll see me at Kimsky or one of the other great Southside establishments. So yeah, and so it, only if I get invited by White Sox Dave or from the 108 or Sox on 35th or those guys, they have tailgates sometimes before the game, and I'll go have a couple pops and then, you know, say what's up to the people I haven't met and some of the people I have and enjoy my time right there. But that is a very seldom occurrence where people firstly invite me somewhere and secondly <laughs> that I go and uh, enjoy it. It's not that I'm better or b- bigger than anybody. It's just like sometimes I don't have time. Sometimes, uh, you know, people don't like me that, like that. Oh, poor you. No. Everyone invites you. Don't Come on, don't be that way. Hey, watch, you're going to get a flurry of invitations now. For hey, people's tailgate. Earth, come to my my tailgate. It's on thirty third. Hey, we'll be Pulaski. in the back. We'll be in my garage. <laughs> we'll be in my garage and on one hundred nineteenth and one hundred seventy fifth. Like I don't know those two streets cross. We take a, yeah, we take a bus <laughs> down to the gate. So yeah, but yeah, lots of things to do. It's all a matter of personal preference. So the next email we got here is from Patrick. Uh, thank you for the kind words, Patrick. I'll, I'll get right to the meat of it. We got some real sluggers on the team now. And I've caught a few spring training innings, but whose swing is the prettiest to you? You know, the one that makes you feel like it should be considered a work of art. So that's my favorite scene in uh, in uh, The Irishman where, where Al Pacino gets his ice cream in jail. And he goes, ooh, that's a work of art. Oh, look at that. A work of art. Um, <laughs> so he says... Who's the who's your favorite swing that you consider of work of art? I thought it was hands down Moncada, but I think Grandal is going to give him a run for his money. What do you guys think? Great question. Thank you, Patrick. I'm a big time Moncada guy. I grew up in the Ken Griffey Jr. era, and when when Yoan really gets a hold of one and he knows it, he has that Ken Griffey Jr. ish follow through and just swag and and just just the, the way he finishes. You know, sort of like what you know, with the shoulders, and mm-hmm. you know, le- you know, uh, it's just it's a, it's my favorite swing on the socks currently. It's just naturally, 
unless you're like someone like Paul Konerko and you have a, a, a beautiful right-handed swing, it's just naturally better looking from the left side. So in the limited times I've seen Grandal, he did connect for a home run earlier this week. Or was it last week? I don't remember. It seemed like a different world ago. But uh, I, I still like Moncada. When, he doesn't do it often, but when he does connect with one and he feels like pipping it a little bit, that's my favorite swing in the Sox. Well, a guy that's not going to be on this team, uh, 2020 team, or maybe later in the 2020 season, I'll go with the right-handed swing of Andrew Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just short, a beautiful. Short and quick right-handed swing the guy is a compact guy and if we're going to go for a guy that is on the 2020 team that is marked it that we'll be seeing in chicago we gotta go with my man your mercedes that power that just that swag that that big leg kick just everything about your mercedes makes me happy and i hear the ball coming off as bad as like oh my god you know that feeling when you first hear that that sound of the crack of the bat when you know pitchers and catchers report. Then a couple of days later, the players are there, and then you start hearing BP and like things off the bat. I'm looking forward to that again because we are so so deprived in these last couple of days, and understandably so. Um, but when I hear the ball come off of Yoan, Yoan, um, Yermin Mercedes is bat i just feel so good the man's got the swag that i need on this team and i'm not gonna go with the traditional lefty and i you know 100 yoan makata has got the best swing on the white Sox. he is the best player on the white Sox, so that's an easy slam dunk but if i gotta go with a guy that's batting from the right side i'll go with your mercedes I like that. I like the call on your mean. That's a good call. I'm on a mission for dime pieces and sexy ladies. Allow me to introduce you to my your mean Mercedes. Mercedes. All right. I, he's on the team, <laughs> by the way. When Whenever they do uh, take the field, your mean, your mean Mercedes is going to be on that team. I think he solidified it at the end of the week here. And now, a coronavirus update from the Locked on White Sox personal CDC, Coach Don Cooper. Don't come out of your house. We now return to Locked on White Sox. Next one is from John in Crown Point. Shout out to Northwest Indiana. Bounce to this. Uh, hey, guys. Big fan <laughs> of the podcast. Tanny, I remember I seen you at the Sox ballpark tour a few years ago at the Sox, with the Sox Pride Club. I, did I? I mean, let's forget. I was with my wife that day, so, you know, so I don't remember. I hope you stopped and said hello. It's nothing, nothing personal that I don't remember an interaction, but I hope you stopped and said hello. I'm definitely not too cool for school in that regard. But anyway, he says, I took my son to the tour, and he had a great time. What was your favorite part of the tour? And now the tour he's talking about, I don't think they have it anymore, but the Sox Pride Club used to be a thing that the White Sox had. I think they, they did away with it last year for whatever reason. I don't know. But I signed up for it because they were giving away a, a, a limited edition uh, exclusive Carlton Fisk uh, bobblehead for those that signed up for the Sox Pride Club. And back then, they would the purpose of it was to like get, an, get a one-day jump on tickets right so if you wanted to go to opening day you were going to get a one-day jump on everyone else because you were in the Sox pride club and part of the things on being in the Sox pride club i think it was like 75 bucks or something for the year um was they offered you a a tour of the ballpark so they had like a couple of days you could choose from and wife and i played hooky from from work that day and the kid was in school so we took a tour of a guaranteed rate field and it was it was led by one of the great people there and they they take you around and they, they show you every every little nook and cranny of the ballpark and you know I've seen a lot of it before it was more so like so my wife could enjoy it because she doesn't often get to see because she's not a member of the media like we are so she doesn't get to see those things so you try not to take them for granted so you know you get a fresh eyes fresh eyes on something like that 
uh, and she enjoyed it. But I think, you know, as a fan, the part that I liked about that ballpark tour was when they bring you out through the center field tunnel and you're and you get to step on the field and you see the field from that perspective from center field and you're walking out and you kind of see that unique angle of the field like you know it's the closest thing you could ever feel to like you're you're actually a, a big league ball player so I, I think that was my favorite part just being able to to walk on the field and 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 take a lap around and, and if you're not someone who's done it before definitely take a ballpark tour especially if you're traveling on the road like we do so often it's it can often make or break the way you feel about a ballpark like you know for example Coors Field was something that we thought was nice but after taking the tour at Coors our feelings of the ballpark just just change considerably all of a sudden you you get introduced a little bit more to the history of the park and sort of get the vibe and, and everything behind that and a lot of times it's about who's giving you the tour like you know a nice like one of the great local people that works for the passionate local people that works for the ballpark and they that kind of changes your perspective on it so our pnc guy exactly oh you okay just follow me up there up to the rotunda and then i'll take you guys around it's one of my favorite things is the pittsburgh accent it's it's really the best reason i say it's pnc park is the best reason to go to pittsburgh but it's really the Pittsburgh accent. It's one of my favorite things. You got to be a real goof not to like the Pittsburgh accent. Cookie cutter. Yeah, we used to have one of those cookie cutter stadiums, but then, but that was Three Rivers. But now we got the beautiful park PNC. So I hope you guys, hope you guys have a great time down here. So yeah, that's that's one of my favorite things about the uh, guaranteed rate uh, field tour. I hope they they bring the Sox Pride Club back. I liked it. Um, there's a lot of great kids benefits in there too. I, th- I think maybe they're trying to just roll everything into one with the, the Sox kids club and the Sox pride club. So they got a lot of different things and I'm sure you can catch a tour, uh, at your earliest convenience. So if you haven't done the tour of a guaranteed rate field, there's a lot of cool stuff down there. Do you hate stepping on the scale? Maybe it's because you haven't met the right one. A company called Withings produced the world's first smart scale and they're still the best. In fact, Tom's Guide rated Withings Body Plus the best overall smart scale 2020. If you're looking to lose weight, willpower is key, but so is having the right tools. Withings smart scales are known for durability and exceptional user-friendly design. Step on and data from every weigh-in syncs automatically to the free app for iOS or Android via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Lots of smart scales don't have Wi-Fi option. And it means you need to have your phone on you. But with Withings Body Plus, gives you weight, full body composition, weight trend, and even local weather report. The scale can support up to eight users and even know who is who. So here's the deal. You can get 25% off a Withings Body Plus right now at Withings.com for a very limited time. Go to Withings.com. W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S dot com backslash M-O-B to get 25% off Body Plus Body Composition Scale. That's W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S dot com backslash M-O-B to get 25% off Body Plus Body Composition Scale. Guess who we've got next year, Herbie, uh, in the bag? It's your boy, Hot Take Tommy. (laughs) My guy. Hot take Tommy uh, becoming one of the more frequent contributors to the Locked on Sox mailbag. Yo, 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 Herb and Tanny. Should I be nervous that Anderson, Moncada, and Abreu have combined for one home run and have a 185, 185, and 231 batting average with only two weeks left in spring training? On the flip side, should I be excited about Engel slugging 545? (laughs) When do I pull the fire alarm and start to panic? Well, you sent this email before things changed drastically in our world, but... 
the funny thing is we we always talk about don't put too much weight into spring training unless it's supporting our argument obviously like you know we're talking about Carson <laughs> Fulmer like having a good spring and I was like oh he's gonna make the team and we just got done talking about your mean Mercedes but because of what's happening with spring training it's not going to mean anything you know for the guys that are doing well unfortunately like whatever good work they put in they're going to have to stay in that positive headspace and try to carry it forward but on the, on the flip side, the guys that didn't have a great spring, they could sort of let that go. So I, I don't think uh, – I think it's it's way too early to, to panic about, especially those guys. Uh, Abreu, I'm definitely not worried about. Uh, Moncada, I don't – I'm not worried about any all, any of the three of those guys, Anderson, Abreu, or Moncada. So. I don't worry about vets. I worry about the young players, Louis Robert. I definitely don't put any weight on that Adam Engel thing. Maybe he found <laughs> something cool. But I don't want to ever see him play. Really, if we're doing well, Adam Engel is an eighth inning, seventh inning replacement for um, either Eloy Jimenez, I hope not, or uh, Mazzara. So he gets barely any of the bats, and he's there with the glove. That's all. And so if Adam Engel hits 7,000 in spring trade, I don't give a damn because he won't be playing, and uh, that means a full, healthy Louis Robert this year, and um, a full, healthy Eloy, a full, healthy Nomar Mazzara, which I don't give a damn about because I don't think the guy is the right fielder for the future. So uh, if we see Adam Engel, we're in trouble for an extended amount of times as far as games are played. So I wouldn't put too much weight into vets struggling in spring training or Adam Engel having a great year. Next question from Dave. Dave writes, if the MLB season is canceled, what will be more disappointing for White Sox fans, this year or the strike year? Thank you, Dave, for that incredibly bleak question. Um, Damn it, Dave. I, oof, you know, as bad as things uh, are in Italy right now and all across the world and as bleak as things are, they're only going to get worse here in America, unfortunately. Sorry to, to give you this, that harsh reminder as you're looking for an escape, but it's just the reality. It's about MLB shutting the season down. I don't think MLB will cancel the season. Um, you know, I just as the weather gets warmer and viruses die out a little bit, I think it'll be a little easier to, to fit in a window of games. Um, but I was a kid in 1994. I was 11 years old when that strike happened. And my whole life as an 11-year-old was White Sox baseball. And I remember being there game six in 93 when the Blue Jays eliminated the White Sox. Like, it's, it's, it's one of those harsh realities, like one of your first you know moments as a fan where you really feel invested completely because you saw your team get eliminated and you see another team celebrating on your field. So, But I knew in 94, I was like, all right, they got their experience. You know, they got a little bad taste in their mouth. They got the chip on their shoulder. And, of course, the Sox came out like gangbusters in 94. Frank Thomas, another MVP season. And I've told the story before. My parents and I had a road trip scheduled to go to Toronto to see some uh, friends. And then they canceled the, the season that week that we were going up there before they even got to play those games. So I never got to see uh, the Sky Dome in 94. Mm. But that, that, was, that was rough because I think a lot of us White Sox fans felt – that that was the year. And you could tell me what you're going to tell me about the Indians and how they were coming up and about the Yankees and how their dynasty was just starting. But the more you tell me that, I'm going to tell you that it was the White Sox time because I think it was a little too premature for those other teams in baseball. Like the Sox had, they'd been there before and they had the veterans and they were even better than the season before. So I, I really think it was their year. I think it was destined for a White Sox Expos World Series 
and you can't tell me uh, anything other than that. I don't know if they were better than the Expos. Like when you talk about variance in baseball, who knows what would happen. But I think if the White Sox make a World Series in 1994, it sort of changes the trajectory uh, of the next, you know, 10 years of that franchise you know maybe you win one before you win one in 05 and maybe it becomes a, a Sox town maybe they they ride that momentum of 94 like you know all, everyone I knew was a Sox fan growing up yeah I mean think about it me I was grew up in the suburbs so 1990 you introduced a new White Sox old English style that everybody still wears the cap to this day to this day <laughs> to this day and if they win a World Series in 94 Man, I mean, I was in high school at the time. You could just think about all the people growing up from there into uh, the new millennium. After that, the White Sox sucked, and the Indians took the fuck off, and they took everything away from the White Sox in that uh, uh, back half of the 90s. So there was a lull of, if you were a child back then, think about that Sammy Sosa in Chicago killing in 98. And the White Sox losing to the Indians every day, even though Albert Bell killed him that year. Yeah. Great year for Albert Bell. Um, still but, one of the best years of all time. Yep. Um, and you made a decision. You made a choice. Like, okay, I'm a Cub fan because Sammy Sosa is this and that and the other. Imagine if they would have won the World Series. I think about the kids in who were in 05, and now they're of age. They're buying things up for White Sox. And the White Sox for that time didn't parlay off of the 05 World Series like I thought they should have because they could have had so many more fans than uh, they have currently. Well, they didn't win enough. Like you, they, didn't, yeah. they didn't have any sustained success after that, which is your biggest problem. If you if you can't keep winning, I think that's like your number one thing to, to keep the fan base. And I think also like Jerry Reinsdorf thinks differently about keeping pitchers like Alex Fernandez for an extra year. Right. And, and going the extra mile for – guys uh, that were coming up and making more money. You wouldn't have Albert Bell on the team right. when, when that happened because that was a reaction to, hey, we shouldn't be spending all this money, Jerry Reinsdorf, in the strike, and he's probably the main reason why people struck in um, 1994. And then right when they come out, and <laughs> Jerry Reinsdorf's like, Albert Bell, give me all that money. Was it five years, $55 million? Yeah. And then which, he which got for, a, for a long time until Jose Abreu was the largest contract in White Sox history. And then he got out. Like he got out after two years because yeah. he had a two incredible years. Like look up Albert Bell's two years of the White Sox, and people are going to say, "Well, he did it when it was off, and no one uh, was uh, caring." But he still holds the record, I believe, for most ho home runs in a White Sox single season. Famously, yeah, forty nine. We did a whole episode about it, about how which 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 White Sox team home run record if it was going to fall or not, and who was going to break it. It's still sitting at forty. Which you think about the mid '90s and everyone was crushing the ball. It's still only 49, but yeah, I, I hate seeing that. But to answer your question, obviously, no baseball season would be an ultimate disappointment. I think we got bigger problems than no baseball if if the CDC and the U.S. government feels like they can't play a baseball season this year. Like yeah. that, we got bigger problems than just baseball. But yeah, I I, I think we will see baseball this year, and depending on what happens. You know, that that was a team in 94 with expectations and with coming off a division title. This team hasn't proven anything yet. So I, I think no matter what happens to them this year, 
unless you know the plot the prospects all flame out and there's injuries I think that's the only way this season could be disappointing uh you know but I I think there will be a season so to answer your question I think 94 will still sting at least for me personally there's people listening to this that never lived through that but hopefully I put it and framed a little context and her put it into in perspective for you that way so but uh, that's that's all we got for the bag tonight. I, I love the submissions. Thank you guys for being so active this week. We had a call to action last week. You know, we had only two emails, I think. Then you guys came out like gangbusters early in the week, sending uh, your questions to lockdownsocks at gmail.com. So thank you for your participation uh, this week. And you, we're going to lean on you guys. You know, we're going to be talking a lot. The next uh, couple months, it seems like, until we get some games played, uh, you know, we're going to lean on each other. It's the only thing that's going to get us through this is each other. So hopefully you guys will continue to, to hit us up and, and we'll continue to, to reach out back uh, via the mailbag on Monday. So. Yeah, and I think also the the thing that we are going to be doing with these episodes, uh, other than the mailbag Monday ones, is probably talking to some people that you love. I mean, when I was on Solo Tip, I was talking to – White Sox Dave and Lawrence and Steven Nelson and some of the White Sox influences that are out there. Matt Zawoski, uh, Beef Loaf from the 108. And by the way, yeah. go out and vote for both me. If you're listening to this on Monday, I am going against Gas Money Bob. God damn it. I need to win. Gas Money this Bob. This is from the 108 tourney, by the way. Last yeah. year they did it. It was a, it was a roaring success. I, I was one of the Cinderella stories of the 108 tourney last year, defeating a number one seed in Chuck Garfine. I don't know what what seed I am. I haven't seen a bracket. I think, do they roll that whole thing out? I know they had day like, one. Of you're the, the same odds as me. I think you might be a, a, a seven. A, yeah, like you might a be an eight yeah. or a six. Like I know I'm a seven seed going against number 10, Gas Money Bob. Did you guys know that Gas Money Bob loves the Cubs? He loves the oh, Cubs. Oh, man. 100%, guys. Yeah, I'm going dirty pool on him. Yes. <laughs> and so vote for me on the 108. Go to Twitter and tap, tap on their um, – on the poll there, I think that's where they do most of the uh, voting yeah. there. Or if they from don't, the 108 on Twitter. Yeah. If they don't do it there, they do it on their own website. Get some merch. I got a nice Wave Sucks shirt from from the 108. So vote for me. I don't know who your opponent is the first round. I don't know. I've, I'm, I've been a bad uh, social media engager this week. Unless I'm looking at things that I could panic about and things that will get me depressed and upset. That's the, uh, pretty much all I've been taking in on social media with everything that's going on. I have not looked at the from the one away tourney. Uh, I noticed that it was like picking from, you know, if you've got multiple kids picking a favorite child, it was uh, it was James Fox going up against Josh Nelson, I think, in one of those matchups. I think James so I Fox like, won. I was like, damn, that's a that's a tough first-round draw, man. It was like last year. I got damn Lawrence in the first round. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, and Lawrence is throwing me votes in. Oh, you got Niz. Lauren Niskovic. Oh. You're a six seed. You're going against Lauren mm. in the first round. Mm. It's going to be tough. It's a tough draw for me. Uh, very tough. Now Lauren Stone. She recently got married. Congratulations, Lauren. Hopefully that confuses confuses some people. That could go both ways for me. They they could think that she's related to Steve, uh, and also they could just forget who she is because of the new name. So hopefully I have that going for me. So, But, yeah, we yeah we love Lauren. Lauren's, Lauren's the goods. But. And if you win, of course, you got to go against either uh, – Chris Camco or Lawrence Holmes. Wow, yeah, it's the media bracket's real tough. We have we have a lot of great White Sox fans in the media, and and it's just a fun thing that they do. The one hundred eight guys, I love it. Check them out. Follow them on Twitter at from the one hundred eight. I think they've got a podcast as well where they rolled out all this and sort of 
broke down uh, the the you know the logic behind the seedings and and all that good stuff. So shout out to all those guys from the 108. And just so you guys know, the first round of the playing games are over. So Alyssa Bergamini beat Shane Reardon, yep, yep. Uh, 60 to 40. Uh, Chris Kamka beat Ozzy Guillen Jr. 54, 53 to 47. <laughs> <laughs> and Ozzy Guillen is dead. Oh, no. He's like, vote for my son so he can finally win something. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was so good. But he lost to Chris Kamka. I mean, he should. Chris Kamka is a national treasure. Socks. 35th beat Future Sox 52 to 48. James Fegan beat Brian Bilek, uh 75 to 25. And then uh, then the feature matchup, the 21 seed, which I told this to Beef Loaf. I was like, James Fox with all the breaking news he's been broken, breaking this year, and you have on the 21 seed, he beat the 12 seed, Josh Nelson, 51 to 49. Close matchup. But yeah, vote for us. Vote for us often. Real quick uh, before we sign off uh, today, as we're recording this. Sunday night, it is evidently Harold Baines' birthday. Evidently. I saw Chris Kampka tweet that out earlier, so happy birthday to the Hall of Famer. Good old number three, Harold Baines. Uh, I think that's all we got for you tonight. Yeah, I'm uh, very happy with this episode. We did a couple here, and I'm feeling this Mailbag Monday one is my favorite of the three. Yours? Mercy. Yeah, and you know, later on this week, we've got a division preview with the Tigers, with the Locked on Tigers show. So check out for that. Tell your smart device to play Locked on MLB. Tell your smart device to play Locked on MLB. Great national MLB coverage from the Locked on Podcast Network. That's all we got for you tonight. Thank you guys for listening to Locked on Sox. We'll talk to you guys later in the week.